1: And people that think that is socially acceptable in their eyes that he should be allowed on house arrest and around within conditions around being the remaining five-year-old victim that's afraid of her own father. Protesting the release of Damien Starrett at the uh, Fort Saskatchewan Law Courts, uh, protesting
0: the fact that he was released after uh, allegedly murdering his one year old son um, and being released into the community. We standing up and saying that's not okay with us. Hello, and welcome to A Million Other Choices. I am your host, Kim. On the morning of November 23rd, 2019, a woman that we'll call Darlene, the mother of a five-year-old daughter that we're going to call Jasmine, and one-year-old Aries, who had just celebrated his first birthday a few weeks before, got up out of bed in the house that she also shared with her live-in boyfriend and father of her children, 30-year-old Damien Starrett. Darlene and Damien had recently learned that their neighbor, and quite a young neighbor had been killed in an accident. So her mind was occupied that morning with thoughts of the grief that that family was experiencing. Damien came into the kitchen and asked Darlene for her bank card so that he could go and buy some cigarettes. She made an offhand comment that she didn't really want to do that. He really needed to quit that habit. An argument ensued, and she relented, giving him her debit card, and when he returned, she left for work. Darlene was a waitress at a nearby restaurant and was working a splits shift, so she would work the lunch rush and then return for the dinner service. She arrived back home around 2 p.m. and fed the kids their lunch and left again around 3.30, not saying much to Damien, still smarting from their argument earlier that morning, but knowing that they would work it out and both get over it. Before she left, she put Ares down in his crib for a nap and Damien went out into the yard with Jasmine where she played while Damien smoked a cigarette. After about an hour of play in the yard, Ares woke up from his nap and Damien went upstairs and got him from his crib and settled him and Jasmine on the floor in the living room with some toys and he laid on the couch and sent some Facebook messages to try and organize a vigil for their neighbor. Just before 6 p.m., Damien sent a text to Darlene about what he had planned for the neighbor and mentioned that he couldn't imagine the grief that the neighbor's father must have been feeling. Damien, while laying on the couch, drifted off to sleep while Jasmine and Aries played on the floor just beside him. A while later, Damien suddenly sprang from his nap. He noticed that Jasmine was now laying to his right on the floor, curled up in a ball in a fetal position, and looked terrified and Ares was laying near him, bleeding from the head. This is the death of Ares Starlet. Upon seeing his son, the blood and the injuries that appeared severe, he said to Jasmine, "'What the fuck happened?' to which Jasmine replied, Daddy, you hit him. You hit him, Daddy. Ares was rushed to the Fort Saskatchewan Hospital where little Ares, who had eaten his birthday cake only days before with his hands because he was too young to know how to use a fork, was pronounced dead. Damien Christopher Starrett was born in Edmonton on February 10, 1989. His father was absent from his life from an early age and his mom struggled over the years with substance abuse, particularly alcohol. His mom actually died of HIV when he was 13. And because of this issue, Damien and his older brother went to live with his grandparents, Robert and Helga Hesse, in Fort Saskatchewan, which despite its name is actually a small city of about 27,000 people in Alberta, just north of Edmonton, when he was just 18 months old. Robert and Helga weren't his real grandparents, but Damien's mom had lived with a couple when she was a teenager in foster care, and they had considered Damien, his brother, and his mom to be their extended family. Damien's grandparents provided him with a loving and nurturing home, where he played a number of sports and even competed in the Alberta Winter Games. When he started to struggle in school and math, they took him to the Glenrose Hospital to have a learning assessment done and discovered he had ADHD, which if you don't think is a real thing, you need to spend some time in my house where, have you seen my phone, is a daily mantra. He was also diagnosed with fetal alcohol syndrome, which is also a real thing. Any criminal record Damien had was was a pretty short list, three minor offenses between 2011, 2012, and 2013. There was one assault on his record from 2012, where he received a $1,500 fine when he was 23. Damien went on to work in construction as a carpenter and a framer. He also excelled and participated in sports, preferring anything physical over anything that required prolonged mental exertion, typical of ADHD types. As a teenager, as a lot of them do, he started using pot as a way of self-medicating around the age of 15 and by 17 had also started what a lot of teenagers do, binge drinking. He later kicked the drinking, but replaced it with cocaine. So he booked himself into the Poundmaker Lodge, which is a residential treatment center for their 90-day program, but left after only 30 days. This addiction lasted until the day Jasmine was born in 2014. Upon seeing his beautiful baby girl, he kicked his addiction and managed to stay clean. However, after stopping the use of cocaine, his brain had gotten used to its regular dose of dopamine and sleep became an issue. Damien tried a number of medications to help with his insomnia between 2015 and 2019 with very limited success and all under the care of a physician. He also visited a psychiatrist for his sleep issues. Then in 2016, in his late 20s, The years of working a physical job in sports took their toll and the back pain started. At first, he started taking Tylenol 3s from his grandmother's night table drawer to take the edge off the pain. And when that wasn't doing the trick, he found a drug dealer by the name of Danielle Brown. And by the time 2019 rolled around, he was buying about 100 Percocets a week from her. In August of 2019, him, Darlene, and the kids took a trip out to Newfoundland for the regatta days. And during the trip, Damien realized that his addiction was going to cost him his life, or at the very least, his marriage, if he didn't get things under control. So immediately on their return to Fort Saskatchewan, Damien took himself to the South Point Medical Clinic for a referral to another addiction treatment center. But the referral took longer than expected, so when his drug dealer, Danielle Brown, accidentally, on purpose, the debate continues, dropped a bag of heroin in his car, he snorted it. And he continued to snort it till about three or four days before Aries died, when he decided it was a good idea to go cold turkey. Well, going cold turkey from heroin can cause some issues if not under the supervision of a nurse or physician. So in addition to his back pain, he, in his words, quote, felt like a train wreck and like he'd been hit by a car, end quote. In medical terms, that would be nausea, hot flashes, and general extreme flu-like symptoms, as well as a feeling of wanting to crawl out of your own skin. So on November 22nd, he called up Danielle Brown and asked her for a little something, something to take the edge off. She, like a good drug dealer, gave him 12 Percocets, of which he took six of them that night, and then the other six about nine hours before falling asleep on the couch. Damien was interviewed the evening that Ares died. He gave the account of his day and admitted to the argument with his wife in the morning and admitted that he had been dealing with some stress lately. He was forthcoming with his shortfalls as a husband, father, and man, and maintained that he has no memory of even falling asleep on the couch. He also admitted to his years of addiction issues. The next morning, Jasmine was also interviewed. She just said that she had been tickling her dad's feet when he sprung up and started hitting both of them. The autopsy on Aries and the medical reports from Jasmine's examinations found that right and left side gulf fractures, fractures at the base of the skull, and extensive bruising to the face and scalp. One portion of the skull became displaced and was forced across and beneath the skull on the right side of the head. The displaced skull bone sheared off a portion of the right side of the brain. Within a few minutes, the child died due to blunt cranial trauma. And Jasmine had bruising and bleeding to the side of the head and facial areas. These results showed that Aries had been punched, kicked, and stomped in the head and facial areas Multiple times, and that Damien had hit Jasmine in the side of the head with a closed fist at least twice. Damien claimed that he was not criminally responsible for Ares' death due to something called automatism. Basically, that he was asleep when he killed Ares and was not aware of what he was doing. In his mind, he was protecting his children from a shadow creature that had entered his dreams while he slept on the couch. So first I will review with you the evidence in support of this defense, and then I will go through the evidence that says, nay nay. Automatism is a state of impaired consciousness rather than unconsciousness, in which an individual though capable of action has no voluntary control over that action. And there are two types, non-mental disorder automatism and mental disorder automatism. Only the mental disordered version is accepted as a non-criminally responsible defense. Medical records and Damien's own reports do find that he suffered for years from back pain, insomnia, and addiction issues, which would impair consciousness. He also reported not feeling well in the days leading up to Aries' death, and he was severely sleep-deprived.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
0: Dr. Colin Shapiro, a neuropsychiatrist and expert in sleep disorders, testified after doing an assessment, which included a two night sleep study, that Damien had awoken from slow wave sleep or deep sleep abruptly on both nights, which he refers to as a thumbprint for parasomnia. In his opinion, parasomnia from deep sleep is triggered by a number of factors, including the use of alcohol or drugs, sleep deprivation, disruption of a circadian rhythm, or recent stressful events and is followed by disorientation, confusion, and amnesia of the events. In support of this, Dr. Shapiro reported that he had prolonged periods of sleep deprivation, which can basically catapult someone into deep sleep, and his history of restless leg syndrome and the sensations of that can disrupt your sleep, as can the PTSD that a therapist said he had. His fetal alcohol syndrome would have affected his circadian rhythm. A triggering event, such as tickling one's feet, which is what Jasmine reported that she had done in her interview with the police, could arouse someone from this state of sleep, and that person would be confused and in an impaired state of consciousness. In addition to treat his insomnia, he had taken at the time drugs such as clonazepam, quetiapine, and Percocet. Further, his use of olanzapine may have been a factor. Damien had also had a sleep event once where he had dreamt of smoking a cigarette and acted that out. That was reported by Darlene as well as occasions where he had kicked her in his sleep before. There was no history that Damien had ever been violent with his children and Damien says he's never had issues with anger or rage. With all this in mind, Dr. Shapiro concluded that, quote, The balance points fairly strongly to parasomnia behavior and further stated, There is a plethora of information supporting the probability of this man with very poor sleep for a variety of reasons. Not all of his own making acted out in his sleep with dire consequences. To some extent, the medical system has let him down. For example, he had not had a formal sleep assessment. Darlene testified that Damien had a number of sleep incidents after the death of Aries. She said his legs often twitched and sometimes would get so bad that he would sit bolt upright in bed and once ran out of the room. When Darlene chased him down, he awoke and confused and said he was chasing someone who had fired a shotgun. Also, there is no motive, and without a motive, it makes automatism more likely. Also, Damien did have fetal alcohol syndrome, which can be disruptive to normal sleep cycles and which can result in arousals that in turn can give rise to parasomnia. And about a week before Aries' death, Damien had dreamt where he was walking in a strange city and smoking, only to wake up to find himself smoking. This may also indicate his predisposition to parasomnia, even though in that case it didn't result in any violence. And lastly, in the days leading to the attack, he was having financial and relationship troubles and going through heroin withdrawal, which would make him vulnerable to automatism. Okay, so now let's get to the stuff that doesn't support parasomnia. First, we look at Dr. Shapiro's findings. The sleep study was done two years after Aries had died. So that's one. As part of this assessment, he monitored his sleep for two nights. On average, Damien was able to fall asleep in 6.4 minutes, which negates the insomnia argument. However, by this time, Damien was clean of all prescription and non-prescription drugs. The leg twitching that Dr. Shapiro said was indicative of restless leg syndrome is actually seen in up to 40% of any person taking an antidepressant and his report relied on Damien's own statements and his medical records, which were spotty at best. Damien was not actually on any prescribed medication of any kind since July 2, 2019. The only drugs Damien was using on the day of Aries' death were marijuana and the non-prescribed Percocet that he had received from Danielle Brown the day before. Psych testing revealed this summary of Damien, quote, At baseline, Mr. Starrett is an individual who presents with a wide range of psychological vulnerabilities that make him prone to explosive, emotionally dysregulated behavior. He has a history of developmental and neurodevelopmental trauma that has shaped the development of his personality and his social behavior. Mr. Starrett is someone who is hypersensitive to rejection, prone to feelings put upon and unsupported, and who correspondingly experiences feelings of resentment and hostility towards others. Mr. Start is uncomfortable experiencing these angry feelings and highly invested in concealing them from others and from himself. This tendency to ignore and over-control his anger at the expense of dealing with it in a more effective fashion makes him prone to substance abuse as an avoidant coping strategy and to explosive outbursts, which occur when his unaddressed anger overwhelms him. Mr. Starrett's fetal alcohol syndrome and associated impulsivity further limit the extent to which he is able to successfully suppress his anger and other negative effects. Damien said he never had any issues with rage, but he told one of his doctors in 2016 that he struggled with rage and anxiety and testified that he was always tired and cranky and acknowledged that he regularly argued, yelled, and had impulse control issues. And that argument that he had with Darlene the morning of Arie's death over the cigarettes? In that incident, he had actually thrown a plate at Darlene and missed, hitting the wall behind her. As to the dream that Damien had about the shadow creature, he didn't mention this to anyone until his testimony at the trial. And by then, the dream was described very elaborately with lots of details. Details that included being teleported in some fashion and being Attacked by a shadow creature with no face, no eyes, and skin as black as a viper's skin that was continuously spinning. He said in his dream that he had been thrown around the room by the creature and that in the process he had tried to protect his children. Then, after he woke up and realized that Ares was gravely injured and Jasmine was also injured, instead of immediately calling 911, he first called Danielle Brown his drug dealer, and asked her to come to the house to help him. He then called Darlene before finally calling 911 as his third call. In all three calls, he didn't say anything about a dream and just said that Aries was dying. Justice John Henderson weighed all of the evidence for and against his claims of not being criminally responsible and concluded on June ninth, 2022, when the court documents still read Her Majesty the Queen versus Damien Starrett, that it was, quote, It is more likely than not that in the hours before the attack on his children, Mr. Starrett was experiencing very significant symptoms of heroin withdrawal. These symptoms made his whole body feel like a train wreck and like he had been hit by a car. With the Percocet purchase from Danielle Brown the day before, Mr. Starrett had been able to take the edge off of these symptoms, but by mid afternoon on the day of his assault, he had run out of Percocet. Even worse, given that he had no money to even purchase cigarettes earlier that morning, I find that Mr. Starrett had no money to purchase additional Percocet to attempt to control the symptoms. I conclude that Mr. Starrett was in a desperate situation at that time, and that as described by Dr. Ennis, he was prone to explosive outbursts when unaddressed anger overwhelmed him. I conclude that Mr. Starrett became overwhelmed by his situation and burst out in an aggressive and disproportionate manner by striking his children. I conclude that this explanation for the attack on his children is much more likely than a conclusion that Mr. Starrett was in a state of automatism. The act of the offenses of manslaughter and assault have therefore been proven beyond a reasonable doubt. Then, on September 13th of 2022, now in documents reading His Majesty the King versus Damien Starrett, the same Justice John Henderson heard victim impact statements and gave his sentence. Damien had been charged with manslaughter because there is no motive and therefore they couldn't prove the intent to kill Aries. And the sentencing options for manslaughter are pretty wide, ranging from just probation to a life sentence. As Damien is Indigenous A Gladue report was done, and that is just a report that takes into account the history of colonization, displacement in residential schools, and how that history continues to translate into lower educational attainment, lower incomes, higher unemployment, higher rates of substance abuse and suicide, and of course, higher levels of incarceration for Indigenous peoples. This report did find that Damien's family has a history of attendance at residential schools. There is, of course, a history of substance abuse in his family, as well as with himself, and that Damien had not finished high school, so he had lower education, and he had been disconnected from his family and culture of origin. His adoptive grandparents, Helga and Robert, are not Indigenous. Justice Henderson weighed the mitigating factors, so that's that he called 911 and showed remorse, with the aggravating factors, which were that they were his biological children, the position of trust of being a father and that the children were both under 18 and it was an unprovoked attack and gave him a sentence of 84 months, three months were taken off for state misconduct, four months off for collateral consequences and 13.5 months were off for strict bail conditions. So in the end, it was 63.5 months and then of course credit for 223 days for time served so I think that works out to 52 months or about four years. The state misconduct was about guards that were at his holding cell that said to Damien, quote, you are a baby killer. They are letting you go. You're a piece of shit. Maybe I should tell the general population boys what you were in for. I can't believe they are letting you go. You should kill yourself. And then immediately after that, one of the guards went to a nearby cell that had some other prisoners in it and said to those men, he's a fucking baby killer. The collateral consequences, those were that twice while he was incarcerated while awaiting his trial, Damien was what is called fecal bombed, where other prisoners fill a container with basically fecal matter and spray it into his cell. Uh, And also that he spent quite a bit of his jail time in segregation. And then the harsh bail conditions were that he was on house arrest during all that time and not permitted to leave the house for either for work or even to shop for the necessaries of life. And that was the sad case of little Aries Starrett. The lesson in today's story, I support anyone that is trying to get off of heroin or any substance that they are abusing, but please do it under medical supervision and away from your children as far as I know, Damien and his wife are still together. And I will be back again next week with another case. Thank you so much for listening.